0: Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. And I'm Jared. And we are without Laura this week because she got drafted into overtime at work. So, Laura, have fun listening to this later. Hopefully you listen to this when I'm not home so I don't have to hear it again. I'll have heard this enough when I'm editing. Um, So, yeah. Uh, This week we'll be starting off with our favorite young heroes and or heroes and villains, basically young characters in comic books, because it's the beginning of the year. The year is still young and sure why not that's the best explanation i can come up with with why we're doing this one this time so luckily even though laura is not here she did have a little write-up of three of her things so i'll start with hers go with mine and then jared and then we'll do a round table-ish of our other our rest of our heroes so the first one with hers is dylan brock uh as with any good comic character the more you know about dylan brock the less you understand initially introduced as eddie brock's half-brother we quickly learned that he's actually Eddie's son, in a way. Somewhere between Venom Volume, Venom Volume Four, Issue Number Seven, and Absolute Carnage Number Two, we pick up all the pieces that indicate Dylan is actually the humanized form of the Venom Codex that was left behind inside Annie Wang and Eddie Brock, and forced the symbiote to heal her when she was mortally wounded by the Sin Eater character. After giving birth to Dylan, Annie left, or Anne. That's, Anne. It's A-N-N-E. That's Anne. That, that's that's Anne. Anne. Oh, well. <laughs> Anne left him with Carl Brock, Eddie's abusive father. Nine years later, Eddie is brought to Dylan by his symbiote. I believe because the symbiote could feel Null coming and instinctively drew Dylan. Instinctively, instinctively knew Dylan held, held the key to stopping the King in Black. Slowly, we have seen Dylan bond with symbiote or seen that Dylan cannot bond with symbiotes. However, he can control them cause them pain, and kill them enough, with enough concentration and fear for his own life. I feel like these are key factors for making Dylan a hero-slash-secret weapon in the current King and Black art. So that is her quick synopsis of Dylan. Um, Admittedly, I don't read the current Venom stuff. Same here. Um, I just, I don't know. For me, I don't care,
1: (laughs) is the short answer. Um, I liked Venom when he was a villain and not an anti-hero. I think that's some of it for me. It's like, it's it's Venom. He is a Spider-Man villain, you know, and just seeing him as an antihero just doesn't
0: do it for me. Well, and for me, I liked it so much better when it was Flash Thompson because I feel like the character Flash has more story, more or, more backstory than Eddie Brock does, especially how Flash was a, a, war, a, a veteran soldier that lost his legs, so he used the symbiote to have his legs and control it, and that was when they really gave the symbiote true personality that he communicated with because he was like his buddy cop. And then a yeah. lot of it spun out. Like right now, I know I've seen where the symbiote was like his dog, like along so he can be out in public, but not necessarily attached to him and everything. But yeah, I just, I like that version of venom the best. But that given said, what I have seen in King and Black though, because I've been doing the main series. I am interested to go back and read some of this new venom stuff. I know it's written by Donnie Cates, and it's just, that's, I mean, he's been knocking out of the park lately, but the art was a little weird for me. A little bit, but it's not
1: off-putting completely. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a book about a symbiote. It's going to be a little
0: weird. Yeah. A little, like, gritty. Yeah. Almost like yeah. A noir, almost style, but not noir, of course, because it does take place in modern time. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. It's... I should go back and read it. If I ever have time, I'll read it. Which translates to I'll never have time. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind checking out the Flash Thompson run of it. Um, yeah. It does sound pretty good to me. I've never read them, especially so.
0: with Donny Cates writing it. Like I said, he's yeah. doing. Well, he's done the most recent stuff. He he did which I, he started with the Cosmic Ghostwriter, I think, and his like that took off so much, everyone loved it. So they brought him into doing main stuff like this. But yeah, I don't know. For me, I will read it eventually. I've been reading The King of Black, so that's been solid. The main story has been. But Dylan Brock seems to be a main character that will have a huge influence on what will happen with this. All right. And then, so that was Laura's first one. My first one will be Ms. Marvel, a.k.a. Kamala Khan. And I would say this is probably the newest character on all of our lists. Well, no, no, Dylan might be. I think Dylan actually is newer. Dang it, Laura, you beat me. <laughs> first, she didn't write down first appearance for him, but the actual date, but. Kamala Khan came out, uh, was first appeared in Captain Marvel at number 14 back in 2013. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Oh, wow. It still feels like she's just five years old. I was going to say, I didn't think she was that old. But yeah, Kamala Khan, um, she took the mantle of Ms. Marvel when Carol Danvers' Ms. Marvel took over the mantle as Captain Marvel. So uh, I like this Ms. Marvel better than Carol's, hands down. For me, she... Uh, Kamala is basically the equivalent of a young Peter Parker style, where trying to learn your powers, still a kid, still in high school, balancing life as an outsider. For Peter, it was a nerd; for her, it's being Muslim. So it's a different, whole other perspective of everything. And she's gotten her popularity is blown up with the different TV shows. I know she's she was the main character within the Avengers video game that came out last year. Like she is really embigged. Her popularity. I say that with ambition because th- that's what she yells when she grows. She can has some shape shifting abilities. Um, she can she has ex- a healing factor, elasticity, and she's she's so popular. She's been on the regular Avengers, the full on Avengers team, Champions, Secret Warriors, Protectors, New Avengers, also. So like she's done a lot, and I think she's a cool character. She's a newer character. Um, if you haven't been reading the single issues of her, go back and read them and trade. Cause like I said, there's not a whole lot of her right now, but it's definitely worth checking out and seeing what she's up to. All right, Jared, what's the first on your list?
1: All right. The first one on my list is X 23, uh, Laura Kenny. Uh, she was a clone of Wolverine and I really only know a little bit about her. Not much of the recent stuff. Um, mine's based off of her origin story in innocence lost, um, it's where there were 22 failed clones of Wolverine and she being the 23rd clone survives because I think it's the Y chromosome.
0: And that's why she is the clone, but is female. Yes. It's because they just, they cloned the, uh, X chromosomes. Yes. Sorry. Not Y chromosome. Yeah. I, I had y that male, so. I was going to say that didn't sound yeah. right when I said it. I'm
1: like, wait a second. Yep. They cloned the X
0: chromosome <laughs> and it's like, well, we'll just duplicate it and just make it female.
1: Yeah. So uh, they, when she's a little bit older, they give her a big dose of radiation or something, and it brings out her mutant powers. And they kind of realize that she's got claws in both of her hands and feet.
0: So yeah, she so has she, basically the index finger and the pinky claws. Yes. And then the toe claws. Yes. Or toe claw for each foot.
1: Yep. And uh, they basically bond adamantium to her. Without just her claws, use, though. yeah, just her claws, not her full body. And I remember they didn't use like any anesthesia or knock her out or anything. So why not? Yeah, so she has the same healing factor and regeneration as Wolverine, um, along with the enhanced senses, speed, and reflexes. So they basically train her to be an assassin, and she's basically in a roundabout way used by the director there to commit murder for him, not really for their country or anything like that yeah so she they kind of find this out and she goes to her surrogate mother um dr sarah Kinney, who was working on the project as a geneticist and they basically uh, confront the director and memory serves they destroy all the cloning tanks and everything like that and as she's attacking she goes into this frenzy and kills her surrogate mom
0: well one thing with the reason why she went into frenzy is part of her cloning process is there is a chemical that she smells that makes her makes her snap into the so they use that to like they coat the targets with that scent so when she goes near then she goes berserk and kills them that's right that's right so that's how she ended up killing her quote mom yes because the murder pheromones
1: yes but uh her mom had left a letter with pictures of the x mansion professor x and wolverine So later on, she does attend school at the X-Mansion, and she eventually becomes a member of X-Force. Pretty early on. Yeah, pretty early on. But uh, later in life, when Logan is quote-unquote dead, she becomes the new Wolverine.
0: Yep, the all-new Wolverine. Yep, the
1: all-new Wolverine. So I didn't read much of that run, but some of it was pretty good from what I read.
0: Yeah, and one thing with her, I believe within the last couple years, it was revealed that she is not the clone anymore. Oh, that's they, right. They, She's the daughter. She, yeah, they retconned her. So, hmm. Let's see. They made a Logan movie where yeah. she was the daughter. So yeah. yeah. Um. So now she is the daughter of Wolverine.
1: I like the clone story personally myself, right. but because and
0: she now she was running around with other ex kids that were all they said they were all clones. Turns out that they were all clones of her. So the one that survived is a clone. Is it is a clone of her? Well, she is the daughter of Wolverine, so.
1: Well, thanks, Marvel.
0: That just gave me a headache. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way it works. <laughs> All right. So, moving from that, I'll go to Laura's second pick here. You can hear the paper. I can get ready it is Normie Osborne. When I think of Normie Osborne, I think of a character for the M two universe in the Spider Girl comics. There, Auntie M Mary Jane remembers May and Normie grow- growing up together playing in the sandbox but normie remembers his grandfather and namesake always training him for the day when he would carry out the goblin legacy and kill spider-man or the next best thing his daughter may mayday parker of course the goblin genes seem to water down every generation so normie never has the guts to actually finish may and in fact frees her and agrees to get psychological help During his healing process, he helps May with gizmos and advice for crime fighting, which leads to him joining the team of reformed supervillains led by Kane. In the main comic book universe now, the 616 universe, my favorite Normie moment happens in Amazing Spider-Man number 800, when Norman has exposed him to the carnage symbiote and creates the goblin child. Normie Normie realizes to hurt Spider-Man, he needs to kill Aunt May. During the fight, she yells, I baked cookies for you! And his retort is, you put raisins in them. You deserve to die. <laughs> so that is a pretty typical child at that point. Like, ah, it's, when you take a bite of the cookie, you expect chocolate chips, and it's raisins. Um, yeah, and for me, my biggest thing with Normie is the main 616 when he did, the, the goblin kid, I believe that was the final story arc of Dan Slott writing Spider-Man before Nick Spencer took over. He's like, all right, going out with a bang. Here's his character. And we haven't seen him as the goblin child since. So for me, that's kind of, I'm kind of bitter about that. Like, oh, you made this brand new character and just washed it away, never to be seen again. I mean, they, I think they did save him and rescue him, but we still haven't seen him since then in the main Spider Man story. Who knows? Someday we might. I don't know. It probably will eventually. Right. Uh, next up for my second pick is Shadow Cat, aka Catherine Pride a.k.a. Kathleen Ann Pride, a.k.a. Kitty Pride, a.k.a. most recent Kate Pride. So many a.k.a.s. Um, for me, Kitty Pride is always that newcomer to the X-Men. I know they did that with, um, what was the one that, when she first appeared, welcome to uh, Xavier's school, or welcome to the X-Men, hope you survive the experience, or something like that. So that's the epitome of, okay, we've already had this established guard of who the X-Men are, Here's the first new real newcomer that's still a kid being introduced. And I always thought she gave a good perspective as an innocent person learning the dangers of being an X-Men and just surviving life as a whole, too. Um, Because she is a minority, she is Jewish, so there is that dynamic that's thrown in there. And just to see what all she's gone through. Her relationships of on and off again with uh, Colossus where they proposed that they were going to get married. Well, they did get married, or they got engaged, but she flaked out on them at the wedding. And just the biggest thing for me that reminds me of her, when I think of her, is Days of Future Past, where she was the key to go back in time to save the world from hitting the apocalypse or whatever that was going to happen. I still think her time travel abilities was weird, that we haven't seen since or anything about that. It seemed kind of fishy, but whatever. It worked for the storyline. Um, it's still an iconic story, too. Yes, yeah. self-contained. And, yeah, it just she was always the young one of the team, especially with her. the dynamic between her and Wolverine. It definitely feels like Wolverine took her under his wing, like, okay, you're an outsider like me, and whatever, we're on the same page. And they always seem to bond like that. Yeah. All right, so what is next on yours?
1: Okay, mine is a group of robins <laughs> kind of like the history of robin so we started out with dick grayson back in 1939 something Never like that. how many issues before joker. yeah <laughs> i yeah, remember that. like one or two months before joker <laughs> oops but uh yeah he dick grayson was part of the flying graysons with his parents which was a uh, trapeze artist's at a circus and they are uh his parents are murdered by uh tony Zuko, a mobster who's trying to shake down the circus for money and the circus wouldn't pay so he killed dick's parents well bruce wayne was at that uh at that show watched his parents get killed and took uh dick grayson as his ward so they kind of
0: it's still weird like i, I get that I was probably more of a thing back then but the term as a ward it just yeah seems... Like, just adopt the kid. Like, yeah. just full on.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone ever does that anymore. Just, yeah, I don't know what the difference <laughs> you know.
0: is other than, like, oh, we're adopting you, but we're not actually giving you our name. Right, That's my yeah. best guess. I don't know.
1: something like that. But, uh, yeah, he becomes Robin, and they form, like, the dynamic the, duo. They are the dynamic duo. Yeah, they're the epitome of teammates in the comics, you know? So Dick Grayson, as he gets older, he becomes... Nightwing, there's different incarnations of how he becomes Nightwing, him and Bruce are fighting, or it's a Teen Titans thing, or something like that. But he becomes Nightwing.
0: So and there's a new there's no one that's Robin. Nope. So we need to
1: fill that gap. There's a gap with Robin and as Batman's out doing his crime fighting thing one night, um, a young boy named Jason Todd is trying to steal the wheels off the Batmobile, only to be caught by Batman. That's what you want to do. Yes. So, got to give him props. He's got guts. If you're going to steal some wheels, go for the big cars, I guess. Is it
0: guts or is it just pure stupidity? I'm going with guts. <laughs> Batman
1: saw it that way and be- he became the next Robin. So, he that, didn't end up uh, beaten to a well. bloody pulp. No. as uh, Jason Todd had a lot of anchor issues and things like that and ends up getting killed by the Joker or... As everyone would like to say, by the fans who voted. He yes, yeah,
0: killed by the fans because there was a 1-800 number that you'd call if you wanted him to survive, call if you wanted him to die. And it was a landslide death. Like, I don't know if they actually revealed the actual total numbers. <laughs> no,
1: but they said it was so one-sided that they didn't even have to count yeah. all the votes <laughs> or something like that. So as he's been killed, uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, is a little more violent and a little bit more... I don't know, chaotic? Unhinged. Unhinged. And a young boy named Tim Drake notices this, who, Tim Drake, was at the same circus that Dick Grayson's parents were killed at. Convenient. Yeah. So he's always followed Batman and Robin in the news or newspaper clipping sightings. And one night, uh, Robin does a quadruple flip or something like that, and it's caught on TV. He recognizes it as the same move that Dick Grayson did puts two and two together. Of the flying Graysons. Yeah. Of the flying Graysons and put uh, two and two together that Dick Grayson was Robin and later finds out that he's the ward of Bruce Wayne. So he finds out who Batman is by putting two and two together. So once Jason Todd gets killed, he notices that Batman's a little unhinged and tries to go to Dick Grayson to get Dick Grayson to become Robin again, because Batman needs a Robin. Well, Dick Grayson's like, no, I'm Nightwing now. I'll help him out, but I'm going to do it as Nightwing. So, by and by, he becomes the next Robin.
0: Or Red Robin, if you go later to the Later on. Con. Yeah,
1: later. Which Red I still con. say is wrong. I hate Yeah, that. so, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole thing. <laughs> That's a fast food
0: franchise, not a sidekick. Yes.
1: yes. But uh, Tim Drake was the current Robin when I started reading comics, so it was very easy to catch a lot of his stories and things like that and everyone knows about dick grayson from either the old adam west batman show or just he's been in the comics for so long you know and they uh tim drake was a bit more of a detective than dick grayson as a martial artist and high flyer um tim drake would later become a member of young justice kind of the next like the third quote unquote generation of superheroes after dick grayson's generation it's of young teen justice League, basically. yeah pretty much but uh they kind of grow up just a little bit more and joined the teen titans along with some of the older members of teen titans who want to train the new generation um they really haven't done a whole lot with them in the new 52 in my opinion slash rebirth yeah, yeah. slash rebirth
0: um he was Red Robin, part of the, the Teen Titans. In New Fifty Two, they made yeah. him Red Robin which and I gave him such a
1: stupid costume.
0: And that's, that costume was horrible. And when he was Robin, it was very similar to Dick's costume. Yeah, but instead of the tights or instead of the underwear, it was the full-on leggings. Like, yes, he had a, like, no, I'm tired of wearing like my underwear on the outside. Right, full-on leggings.
1: Yeah, and that was one of the better costumes. And my favorite Robin costume was when connor kent superboy died and he changed his colors to honor superboy to just red and black and just the yellow and the inside of the cape so there was a lot of he had a lot of stuff going on with his life uh some of his stories were some of the best out there i think but yeah the new 52 and rebirth and stuff they really haven't done a whole lot with him and i'll preface that with He's in my pick
0: of the week. <laughs> so <laughs> so slight yeah. spoiler on that one.
1: And they had a good run with him uh Tim Drake when they did. What was that run where it was like a uh, Batman Beyond came back in time to stop Brother Eye from destroying the earth pretty much and turning all the heroes into Brother Eye version robots? because that
0: was at um, the be- was that rebirth or is that 52?
1: I think that was new 52. But uh, Tim Drake there was a Teen Titans battle in the past and he was injured and kind of claimed as dead but he he's alive as yeah. a bartender and Batman Beyond comes back in time and gets killed so he takes up the Batman Beyond mantle so Which is that so was so cool Yeah that was a great run and they yeah. just it's like that ended and like oh guess what that that's nothing now it's like come on i am do it all yeah yeah So uh there was a stretch in there where Tim Drake did Decided not that he didn't want to be Robin. He wanted to try to lead a normal life. So Batman hired his girlfriend at the time, spoiler, to be Robin, Stephanie Brown, who lasted like four months or six months or something. And she made a mistake. and Batman's like, you're fired.
0: Right, (laughs) And and she's still spoiler now. Yeah. And because I remember the beginning, it's been a while since it happened, but the beginning of Rebirth Detective was when they actually had a Detective Comics was a Batman team. Batman Incorporated, yeah. basically. Yeah. Led by uh, Tim. Yeah. Led by Tim and like That was a good Stephanie. run. Like, yeah, that was a good run. And I don't know why that all fell apart. I think I, I stopped reading for a certain point, then I came back to it later. But it really went off the rails for a little bit. Yeah. With the whole Batwoman killing Clayface. Yeah. And it was all the outs, but now they're <laughs> all good. And I, it was weird. Yeah. But that storyline was... at the time was really good yeah. with them making the... Because correct me if I'm wrong, they did Batman Incorporated right before New 52. Yes. And that's basically what they were doing with this. With, yeah, with pretty like much. rebirth. Uh, it was a Batman Incorporated sort of thing. And they just like, all right, we're going to make that all go to the wayside. No more thing. We still have Batman as Batman and Detective as Batman also because why not? Right.
1: Yeah, that, that stuff, there was some good stuff in there.
0: It, it was good until it wasn't. It, yeah, it definitely at a certain point, like oh, it jumped the shark and it, oh, big time, yeah. But that whole run with them training the next generation, where they introduced Batwing and the Signal yep. and all that stuff, they they did some really cool stuff with that. Yeah, and how the Clock Tower was like the new headquarters yeah. and yep, it was really good. So until it wasn't, yeah. So,
1: but uh, after Stephanie Brown got fired, Tim Drake came back and was Robin again. And then they find out Bruce has a son named Damien, who his first run was fun. And I'll say that I wasn't a fan of the writer, Grant Morrison. I'm not a huge Grant Morrison fan, but that was a good run. Um, it had Damien trying to win his approval, and he'd go out, and I just remember this one spot. He uh, goes out to find a criminal and decapitates him, brings the head back to Bruce. <laughs> like, hey, I, I took I a criminal off
0: the street, you know? That's like a cat bringing in a dead mouse or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I thought that was a lot of great dynamic. But when uh, Bruce was killed, quote unquote, again, you know, by Darkseid in Final Crisis, um, Dick Grayson became Batman and Damian became his Robin. And that was a great run. I wish they would have kept that going. The uh, Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne dynamic was
0: I I thought it was great. Even Bruce and Damian, I think it still works pretty well. It does. It really uh, does, but I like Dick and Damien together. I miss there being a Batman and Robin series, I think. Yeah. I know they did one of the uh, Rebirth, and it was good. I enjoyed it. But then, I don't know why. They, I mean, to... Damien go off on his own, and they, they did Super Sons, which was good. Yeah. But there's something about Robin. There should always be a Batman and Robin together. Yeah. Batman always needs... Now, he Batman can have his side stuff by himself, but right now they're focusing more on, oh, the Bat family. No. I want Batman and Robin. You can still do one-offs with everybody else. Yeah. Like, you're still, whatever. But I want the main story to be Batman and Robin. It just, it fits so well.
1: It does. I mean, it really does. Batman and Robin. I, I wouldn't mind a Robin Solo series as long as Bat-families are in there. A Robin Solo miniseries. I'll go with that. If it's as good as some of the Tim Drake stuff. Yeah. Because that run, I mean, that lasted like 150 issues because it had quality stuff in it. The art at times was a, little jakey but for the time it was it was good writing
0: well and they are teasing or they have been with the last few issues of damien having his own storyline then it was a batman or detective where he keeps coming in like oh he's gonna try to prove himself he's no he no longer wants to be robin anymore which is fine have him be his own character but still have him some sort of incorporation within batman yeah
1: or bring start bringing tim drake if he's not gonna be robin anymore bring tim drake back in to be robin
0: Just have him go back to be Robin instead of Red Robin. Yeah. I I, I get why they said, oh, it's too confusing to have Robin by himself and then Batman and Robin being a different one. That's fine. Then get rid of Damien as Robin and have Tim be just Robin. Yeah. But uh, part of me feels bad because that is like a story regression for him. Yeah. bringing bring him back a little bit. But at the same point- You're not really doing anything else with it. If you're not using the character, then find a way to make him useful. Yeah.
1: I thought he was- I thought putting him in Batman Beyond- Stuff I thought that was genius. Because you can still have a future story with Terry, you know, and you could you'd have two Batman Beyonds, but who cares? Who cares at that point? That's from two different timelines.
0: Right. You know? Well, and all right, say Tim comes back as he drops the red round and just says Robin, have him a new costume then. Have it something that incorporates his past is how he's not just a kid. He's still a partner, not a sidekick. Yeah. And Have don't, him truly be a partner.
1: Don't give him a stupid bird costume with wings. Yeah. That the, was horrible. That was all red. And like, yeah. No.
0: That was horrible.
1: <laughs> I would
0: agree with that. So,
1: but yeah, those are kind of the rundown of all of the Robins. I couldn't really pick one,
0: so. Well, and with that theme, uh, for my final pick, isn't one either. Uh, is It just one. It is a whole team. It is the Young Avengers. Um, this was created back in, let's see, 2005, where basically it was, I think it started between assembled Avengers disassembled and civil war where there was no Avengers team. These group of kids, uh, there's one guy that's green and kind of strong looking a guy that is in a metallic suit, a guy that's in a patriotic costume, and a guy that looks magical and has a staff and wings on his head. Hmm. We have Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America and Thor. What are the odds? Um, but it's Hulkling, Wiccan, uh, Iron Lad, and I forget the other kid's name. That's my bad. But they, there's this weird team that they're formed together, and they're a bunch of kids. And the news goes crazy, like who are these guys? They're the Young Avengers, blah blah. blah. And at first, the team's like, no, don't give us that. No, we're not, we're our own team. Okay, fine. It's uh, it's pretty good to be named Young Avengers because Avengers is still pretty powerful and everything where they've done so much with these characters. I'm, it's, I was doing research. It's impressive that they did so much while having so little content available. So the original young Avengers was 12 issues long. And I believe they took a hiatus until 2014 then. So about 11 years later, they did a second young Avengers storyline. Now these guys were in bits and pieces here and there, but not a whole lot, but to have so little, but so much story with them, um, even to last year when, uh, see what was it the big marvel event that happened um oh the with the kree and the scrolls Sacred invasion nope uh it was when they teamed up last year oh um oh, i was on the tip of my tongue oh, oh crap but anyway uh, hulkling and wiccan were from young avengers and then hulkling hey now he's the king of the kree and the scrolls that's pretty impressive um so like I said, a lot of stuff come out of it. You have Iron Lad, which you find out is, turns out to be King the Conqueror before he becomes King the Conqueror. At one point they realize, oh, wait, you're going to be him that? He's like, no, I will not be that. I'm not, you know, he's, I'm a good guy. I'm here to protect everybody. How would I turn so evil? And then you find out why he would turn so evil and turned into King the Conqueror, um, which that was so satisfying to see that happen. Like, oh, that's whoa, that's really weird. And like, he goes off into his own time dimension, comes back later as Kang, full on Kang. And like, it was just really cool. So for me, it was hard to choose one character, but because it's a whole, it's a really strong team. They introduce um, uh, Scott Lang's kid, Cassie Lang, because at the time, Scott was dead. So she became Stature. Um, Clinton Barton was dead. So they had Kate Bishop, uh, Hawkeye, which we end up getting the Hawkeye series with Matt Fraction. The upcoming... Disney plus show will be Hawkeye with Clint and Kate. So like a lot of spun out of this, the little book that could is what I think of it as, I mean, it's not that little, it's, it's still made by Marvel, but for being an unknown team, brand new characters that, I mean, they introduced at the beginning, Hulk and Wiccan, they are in a relationship together. They are gay. Like boom, brand new gay characters. Sure. I'm fine with that. I don't care. And I know a lot of people complain, oh, when Iceman, you turn him gay, when they turn the old Flash gay, like, why are you changing history? Just make your new characters. This, they made brand new characters. Like, okay, fine. That's the way they are. Cool. So it won the, what was it? 2006 GLAAD Media Award for Outstanding Comic Book and the 2006 Marvel Award for Best New Series. I I mean, it's an award-winning series and definitely worth checking out. I Like I said, just because nothing else, so much has spun out of it with different Young Avengers teams. It's really cool to see. And that was my last one. So we'll go with the final favorite heroes with Laura's final pick, which is May Mayday Parker. I'm not surprised at all. that pick at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> her review or reason for May is she's obviously uh, her most influential young hero besides Spider-Man himself. It was really good timing for my mom to discover her on a spinner rack at the farm that's spelled P-H-A-R-M. so I'm guessing it's a pharmacy up in tiffin I'm not sure uh when I was about 13 every kid wants to relate to a superhero so a teenage nerd worked perfectly for me I just ignored the popular basketball sport ball stuff because that's not what I care about um but you couldn't ignore the fantastic part the fantastic art of Pat. I don't know oh man olifi olifi I'm not sure sorry Laura You'll help me look for this later. And the imaginative stories of Tom DeFalco. I did, I didn't know that name. Uh, I lost my spot. There it is. Okay. There was a... There was still a good mix of a point of view for new villains and a second generation reruns for Spider-Girl to battle. In my opinion, there was more permissible because it was an alternate universe, which I would agree with. Yeah. If yeah. It's, you can change stuff if it's not in the main universe because it doesn't actually affect anything. For nearly 150 issues, Spider-Girl kept the M2... Also known as Earth 982 Universe together, and more recently crossover to 616, which they did that within Spider Verse, the whole Spider Verse and Spider Gwen and all that stuff. And you know, just about every other universe during the Spider Verse and Spider Gwen stories are part of the Web Warriors. Hey, looks like I knew <laughs> what she's gonna say on that one. <laughs> I felt her character was misrepresented a lot during that arc, but it grabbed a lot of people's attention. And I'm sure it's why Marvel has started reprinting the original stories in trade paperback. Volume three is available to order now. Nice plug. So yeah, the if you are interested in Mayday Parker, where it is the daughter of Peter Parker and MJ, it's Mayday. She's the original Spider-Girl. I don't care what anyone else says for Spider-Girls. I'll agree. And it really
1: was a good run. If you want a good Spider story, this is one to pick up. And it's
0: its own, like, it's its own universe. You don't have to worry yeah. about anything before or after it, really. Nope. Um, it is easy to read now since they are doing the collected omnibuses of it. Yeah. Um, and like you got to
1: think, 150 issues of uh a side universe story arc. That That had no
0: crossover at all with anything. Yeah. It
1: was very self-contained. And
0: that's pretty unheard of for Marvel standards. Yeah. I think a lot of it helped that it was spider related. Don't get me wrong. But it also helped that it was good and it sold. Yeah. And I know, like I said, it did 150 issues for that one. They've done several miniseries before they even brought her back into the main verse. I know that because I had one of the miniseries that Laura somehow missed when she was collecting books. So Yahtzee for me, I completed <laughs> her collection, um, which is now that's long margin of her stuff. But that's fine. Um, yeah, because I I found her late after her own story. Like, oh, it was roughly like 2006, 2007-ish when she, they had her own mini story. I was like, oh, this is really cool and just left it with that. But, it, it, yeah, I'm not surprised that it at all it is definitely one of her favorite Spider-Mans, other than Peter Parker. I, mean, I would say it's probably her favorite. Like you said, it is her most influential young hero besides Spider-Man himself. So that is so that is our list for our favorite young heroes and or villains. I say and or villains because I think Norman was the only one that was a villain. Uh, technically, King the Conqueror, Iron Lad, and Young Avengers. and Maybe Jason Todd Jason a little bit. Todd when he was Red Hood. So, you're yeah. Straight up murdering people. Right. At that point, even Damien, how he yeah. would murder criminals. Yep. X-23, she was an assassin. So, yeah. So, a little bit of villainous sides to him. A little bit of everything. So, with that, we'll go to the more recent information stuff of our Picks of the Week. Do um, you want to go first or do you go first? Uh, I'll go first.
1: Um, so, my uh, honorable mention was Robin Eternal, which follows a futuristic uh, Tim Drake. Uh, this is set in like a futuristic Gotham. There's a lot of bits to this. Um, so
0: just to recap future state for everybody um, in case we didn't mention last week I don't remember if we did or not. I think we did but, but uh, it's only taking place for two months series are going to either be two issues long or four issues long depending on the story. It takes place X amount of years in the future of the current DC timeline.
1: Yeah and it's a little hard to tell um like with, I'm going to go on a tangent real quick. With Teen Titans, Teen Titans felt like its own universe. Yeah. Compared to what the rest of the Future State was doing, so there's that. But uh, back to Robin Eternal, it's following Tim Drake in a futuristic Gotham. Uh, he has more of his traditional Robin costume, but it's more of like a stealth suit. So it opens up with him kind of in stealth mode. It reminds me of Miles Morales's invisibility. Yeah. Thing. Yep. So it uh, has a—I don't want to give any spoilers about—spoilers? Spoiler? Spoiler. <laughs> she does show up. I don't want to give any spoilers. Spoiler. But uh, Spoiler does show up, and she's sporting an eye patch. So something happened sometime in the past where she things— lost an eye. Yeah, things didn't go well for her. So—and there's futuristic Lazarus pits in this. Um, The—any vigilante— is wanted anybody, and
0: they will be, Not any vigilante. Anybody oh, wearing any, a mask.
1: Anyone wearing a mask or anyone doing vigilante work.
0: Is eligible to be shot on site dead. Yes. Not captured, just so straight up dead.
1: That's a good it was a good story. So I was enjoying that. I'm looking forward to see where that goes next.
0: Yeah, and it seems like that's only in Metro or in Gotham though. Anybody yeah. in Gotham that has a mask, dead. Because I know like they've done Superman and stuff where I, yeah. oh, Some places, it's a utopia. Gotham, don't go there unless you want to die.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But they do talk about, and this may give a little spoiler away, uh, they talk about how Bruce is dead at one point. So I don't know what's going on with that. And I'll be honest, I haven't read very much of this week's comics. I am a little behind. So I haven't read any of the Bat books other than uh, Robin Eternal.
0: So I'll pivot from that to my honorable mention, which is Dark Detective, number one. Where, so, of course, if it's DC Comics, they need to be two Batman books, no matter what. We had the next Batman, now we have Dark Detective. Um, Where this is, it is good. It is, it's hard for me to explain without giving spoilers, because there's a lot going on here. But it does address the Bruce Wayne is dead. I'll put it that way. Okay. So. Does this, uh, does it
1: split stories like a couple of the others have so far? Is it like a three part story? This is a four issue story. A four story because it's
0: standard DC Batman. Batman needs to come out twice a month, no matter what. Okay, so I'm I'm about sixty percent sure that this is a a four part story. Um, so next week we'll probably get more Batman part two. Probably my best guess. Um, but yeah, it's hard for me to review without giving because it's a major spoiler, which is a major plot point to the entire thing. To the entire Dark Detective or the entire future? Kind of to the future state as a whole. Um, or at least the state of Gotham as a whole, I'll put it that way, where it, there is some major stuff going on there that does have a backup issue following the grifters. I'll be honest, I had so many books to read, I did not read grifters because I don't care about grifter, I just don't yeah, care. He was, was it vertigo for a while? Think so, but I'm not sure. He that may sound... have even
1: been image comics. I think he I, was purchased from something. See, I
0: think it was Vertigo because I think it was just an imprint because Vertigo was an imprint be. for DC, so I'm pretty sure he was a Vertigo. Okay. So was um Constantine Hellblazer.
1: Yeah. Yep. I knew he was, but I was thinking that Grifter may have been like an image comic that was bought or something like that. I could be dead wrong on that. I don't know. I don't have Google in front of me right now.
0: But yeah, like I said, I did not read that story. I I read the book because of Batman. I don't care about Grifter. But if you do, then cool. You'll get a double story out of it. For me, he's not a character I care about, so it is what it is. I like him when he's teaming up with other
1: characters more. Um, I read some of his solo stuff, and I didn't really care for it a whole lot. It just didn't do anything for me, you know? Well, my problem, too, is whenever I see him, I
0: think of, oh, you're the Red Hood. Oh, wait, no. It's just a gator mask, not a full-on helmet. So it just looks so much like Red Hood for me. But, yeah, that is Batman number one. Future State, Dark Detective. Sorry, not Batman. Future State, Dark Detective, number one. Um, If you want to see what's going on in Gotham, you must read the story. All right, what is your pick of the week then, Jared? Okay, did Laura have any? Uh, she didn't leave me a note or anything, so we'll okay. just go with ours.
1: Okay, sounds good. Uh, My pick of the week is Teen Titans, which I said before is kind of set... It seems like it's set in a whole different universe. The first page you open, it has titan's island titan's tower and the city of new york in the background just basically in rubble like something happened and
0: and they they go to a grave site yeah where there are like, bits of fallen heroes yeah
1: so it's it uh has nightwing and i don't know if it's speedy red arrow it's amico i think she's going by red arrow because i, I believe so. on the
0: intercom they said arrow to okay her.
1: i thought so but i couldn't remember for sure and uh they're at this graveyard with a whole bunch of you know crosses with heroes names on them and something happened so they kind of did this is a flashback to present day kind of story it keeps going back and forth a little bit so some of it there was a couple pages where i'm like wait what timeline am this i this one you know? was
0: very jarring yeah the because the only difference between the flashback of the present was there was a slight filter on the flashback stuff yeah it was for me, I give that negative points because, like, come on, guys, you, you have to be a little yeah. more distinctive. of what's now and what's you not. Change the colors a little bit more. Something, something. you know. Do even just change, hey, change the border. So it's like a solid, yeah. something to show that.
1: So, but if you are a fan of the Teen Titans anime series, this introduces the Red X character. And they do keep some of his origin, but change it maybe a little bit. They don't really say a whole lot about it.
0: They They don't say who it is. No. The, so, well,
1: somewhat in the flashbacks, they do. Right. So, they, but the new one is not Dick Grayson. I will spoil that, because it's not really a spoiler, because they haven't said
0: anything yet. If you've seen the solicitation for issue number two, you know what we're talking about, because I believe the final page was this cover-ish for the next issue. Yes. Um, the, yeah, that ending was a pretty big surprise for me. I wasn't
1: expecting that. Um,
0: but yeah, if you're a fan of the, animated, the original animated series of Teen Titans... There's a lot to respect from this. Yes. Yep.
1: And not even with Red X. I mean, I think. Just as a whole. Yeah. With with the roster that's there and everything. Beast Boy was more, I don't want to say a dope, but he was more of. A goofball. A goofball. Yeah, there we go. So he wasn't the dead serious Beast Boy that we've seen in other incarnations but this was a fun one. I'm really looking forward to seeing what seeing what happens next.
0: And if I remember correctly, they bust Cyborg's chops on this one too of like, "Hey, you're in the left us for the Major Leagues yeah. to going to to the Justice League and then coming back to us." So they, yep. they bust his chops a little bit of making fun of him like abandoning them to get called up. And I will end with my pick of the week, which is Gwenum versus Carnage. Uh, this is a Gwenum versus Carnage King and Black, number 1. I believe this is a five-part series. I'm not 100% sure. But if you've been following Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, whatever she's going by, um, she her costume is a symbiote of sorts. So with the whole King in Black of Null is coming to infect, you know, with all the symbiotes and stuff, of course it has a major effect on her. And there is a brand new carnage in town with this issue. Um, I don't want to give the spoilers away for it. But it is kind of a, huh. I, I don't know how I feel about this. Part of me is excited. Part of me is like, that ah, seems kind of weird. But I think it is definitely worth checking out if you have been reading King of Black. If you haven't been reading King of Black, just to, if you've been reading Spider Gwen and everything with her, it's for me, I haven't been reading her, but this is a good jumping on point for me. And I was like, cool, I'll check it out. And I'm glad that I did. So for me, that's the reason why it's my pick of the week because it surprised me. And I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. So those are our honorable mentions, picks of the weeks. Somehow we managed to go almost the full issue, full episode t- time was my, all right my here. My
1: Robin section did kind of ramble on there for just a little bit. Yeah, it so. happens.
0: Um, but we'll end the way we do every week with our heroes of the week. This time we'll be one hero less because Laura's not here. So she won't have a hero of the week. So sorry, I guess. But Jared, do you have a hero of the week? I'm going to go with Tim Drake.
1: Just okay. because his, when Jeff Johns relaunched the Teen Titans back in two thousand one, two, three, something like that, that was an amazing run, and Tim Drake was really key to that whole run. Um, his character prog- progression from there was great, and he was one of my favorite DC characters at the time. So I'll go with Tim Drake as my hero of the week.
0: All right, and I will go with hmm. I think I'm going to go with Iron Lad as my hero of the week from the Young Avengers, um, just because he started out great as a hero, and just to see him evolve as a villain, that's kind of kind of interesting. I wouldn't say heroic at all, but it is definitely a good plot device to see. Normally, we're so used to seeing villains become good guys and so forth. It is rare that we see a good guy truly go bad, and. I think that was pretty cool writing and pretty creative how they kind of set that up. And he knew for a while before he became King the Conqueror that he was going to be it. So it's like, oh, is that fate? Is that me always being destined to this? What is it? And it was a cool thing to see. But yeah, so I will go with King the Conqueror slash Iron Lad. You're going with Tim Drake, Tim Drake Robin. Robin. I went very Robin centric this but episode. There we go. Uh, so with that, we will say thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing on social media because we know you're going to do that even though I told you to. I know that's going to work someday. Even um, I'll remember it someday. <laughs> and I want to say side hero also, honorable mission hero is Laura for working for working overtime so other, her yes. other coworkers didn't have to work. So good job, Laura, for making extra money for us so I can buy more toys to increase our podcast space. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And we will see you next time. Alright, it's going to bug me. I need to know what the story arc was with Hulkling. It is driving me nuts.
1: It's like a one-word thing.
0: Empire. Empire. E-M-P-Y-R-E. The story was Empire. Jeez.